and welcome to our Q1 2023 episode of The Current, a quarterly podcast by EWIC, the Emirates Water and Electricity Company. EWIC is a leading company in the integrated coordination of planning, purchasing, dispatch and supply of water and power across the UAE, dedicated to increasing the proportion of clean energy and reducing the region's carbon footprint. Throughout the series, we are speaking to a range of energy experts within EWIC to discuss the company's success and innovations, offer market updates, and take a closer look into the efforts being made towards a more sustainable future. I am Abdurrahman Amar Bafaraj, Senior Project Manager at EWIC. Today, we will discuss how EWIC's low-carbon intensive water desalination and renewable energy projects contribute to decarbonizing the energy sector. In addition, we will discuss initiatives we have undertaken to support the UAE achieve its sustainability goals as the country gears up to host COP28 in the year of sustainability. Joining me for today's discussion are my colleagues at EWIC, Isa Zarouni and Mark Hedges. Good morning, Abdurrahman. I'm Isa Al Zarouni. I'm the executive uh, director of operation, network operation. It's a vast network of power and water starting from Al Sala', uh, from the border of Saudi Arabia up to Fujairah. So, covering the demand for Abu Dhabi people and the Northern Emirates. So, Mark Hedges, I'm the executive director for asset management within EWEC. And uh, I guess my main two customers are, on the one hand, the independent power and water producers that produce all the power and water capacity. And on the other hand, the system operator that needs to dispatch those those plants to meet demand. So uh, what I am aiming to do is make sure we've got that capacity, but also more increasingly, more importantly, that we have the flexibility to make sure that with the uh, uh, integration of all the renewables that we're adding to the system, that we can still balance the system effectively and keep a stable production for our customers. Great having both of you here. So 2022 got off to an incredible start as EWIC Sustainability expanded its remit for coordinating water and electricity production operation in Abu Dhabi. The load dispatch center was transferred from Abu Dhabi Transmission and Dispatch Company, Transco, to EWIC. Can say EWIC can now fully leverage a coordinated approach to operational planning. It was a real sign of confidence in EWIC, which set the tone for the year. Isa, can you tell us about the transfer? Well, the, the load dispatch center previously was uh, part of Transco, as you will said, uh, and now just for as EWIC is uh, moving forward with it, it is a strategic path, you can say, in the advanced integration with the Abu Dhabi energy sector. So we are aiming to increase the optimization, improve the efficiencies, the diversity of energy production portfolio, and focus into sustainability. So there was a decision that the, the load dispatch center, the network operation, to be moved from Transco Taka Group to EWIC. This is giving us a very big enabler to achieve our goals on, uh, towards the sustainability, you can say. So we will be more independent. Uh, controlling or, uh, let's say, optimizing on the network dispatch, uh, having more leverage also to talk to the IPPs uh, and uh, to the GCCIA, and especially with the, with the new generation mix, which we are aiming with, with, the, with more photo, photovoltaic plants, uh, the PV farms, and decoupling the water 
from thermal to RO, RO plants and uh, having more interconnections with the GCCIA. Sustainability is a great word. Actually, Sheikh Mohammed announced 2023 is a year of sustainability. Uh, one of the main parts of sustainability when we talk about electricity is production of photovoltaic. EWIC invited developers to submit an expression of interest for developing a new solar photovoltaic independent power project in Al Ajban area of Abu Dhabi. This coming following Noor Abu Dhabi and Al Dhafra Solar PV, Al Ajban Solar is the third world leading large scale utility solar PV project developed by EWIC. Mark, what will it provide once fully up and running? So I think in order to answer that question, it's worth just pausing and looking back at where we've come from. So if you go back just three years, 98% uh, of the Abu Dhabi system's uh, power requirements were provided by gas. And that's now significantly changing due to some of the solar projects that you you referenced. So uh, Nor Abu Dhabi was uh, around 900 megawatts that came onto the system in 2019. And uh, we currently have the Aldafra project, which is already generating early power but will be 1500 megawatts when fully completed later this year. Um, our Ashban Solar that you just referenced is the the, the third large-scale project, again, it will be around 1,500 megawatts AC. And uh, I think it's worth highlighting that actually we in EWET plan to build a project of this scale every one to two years for the next 10 years. So the amount of uh, large-scale utility solar going into the Abu Dhabi system is actually growing exponentially at the moment. To, to sort of rationalize this for uh, for for listeners um, this is uh, each of these plants can generate enough electricity for 160,000 homes across the UAE and is expected to reduce our CO2 emissions in Abu Dhabi by more than uh, 2.4 million metric tons annually this is an amazing rate of change of, uh, of of renewable energy being added to the system and that coupled with uh, the uh, nuclear energy that we're adding to the system uh, in, in parallel is uh, is really going to decarbonize the Abu Dhabi system very, very rapidly over the next few years. Yeah, it's great to see how EWIC involved in, in taking care of the environment and the, 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 let's say, the sustainability in Abu Dhabi and the UAE in general. The Eldafra PV2 is said to be the world's largest single-site PV plant. And... It's now achieved grid connected power generation. So could you tell us in details more about Aldafra PV2? Yeah, I, I think the difficult thing to uh, visualize is just the scale of these plants. Um, so uh, you know, we, we have almost 4 million PV modules going into this site. So if you just imagine how many man hours it's going to have taken to install 4 million separate modules onto the site is absolutely vast. Yeah, this is something you can see from, you know, from space by satellite. And if you're driving past the site, it's about uh, 20 kilometers you have to drive to uh, to get past it. So it's like it's like driving through a forest of uh, of PV modules. So really quite amazing just to, to see in, in, in person. And uh, yeah, it does. It is a significant milestone for the UAE and it's really helping the UAE to hit uh, strategic targets. So 2035 clean energy target uh, where we aim to have 60 percent of the UAE's electricity generated from renewable and low carbon uh, sources. Also, Isa was touching on the technology that EWIC is involving, which is the 
reverse osmosis for water uh, desalination. We also issued the request for proposals, RFP, to develop the new Shweihat S4 reverse osmosis independent water project. That was narrowed down to three proposals from Axiona, Engie, and GS Enema. What will this project deliver to us, Mark? Sure. So the Swayhat site is uh, an existing site within uh, Abu Dhabi that has both power and water production on, on that facility. And we're adding reverse osmosis uh, water production technology to the site. Uh, this particular project is uh, 70 million imperial gallons per day. That's the production that will come out of that plant. Uh, but the, the key thing to mention about reverse osmosis is... Uh, that it's the driving force for it, for separating the uh, the salt from the, the seawater is done through membranes and pumps. And, and the reason this is very different to historic technologies is essentially we used to use uh, gas to boil water and collect the, the water uh, that has been boiled off that was free from salt. And so because we're now using um, electricity directly to drive the separation. The carbon intensity of this technology is significantly lower than the, than the previous gas technologies we used to use. EWIC and Saudi Arabia's Aqua Power started operations on the first phase of the significant reverse osmosis water desalination plant in Abu Dhabi and Tawila area. Mark, can you explain more about this project and how much was the first phase? Sure, abs absolutely. If you uh, think that our uh, uh, water demand is is somewhere around 800 million gallons per day, and and this plant, when it's fully operational, will be about 200. So it's it's providing roughly a, a quarter of the the country's uh, water requirement from one single facility, which is just is just huge. If you walk around these plants, just yeah, the the pipes on the site are uh, you know two meters in diameter, so yeah, you could walk down them or drive a small car down them so so it's it's really at a at a huge scale in fact never never seen before this this plant will be the largest reverse osmosis desalination plant anywhere in the world when it reaches full production in june 2022 it's uh, it reached uh, 50 percent of that that production the the project is uh, about uh, 900 million dollars in total capital cost to, to build it and um, and we're uh, expecting it to reach full commercial operation later this year in, in 2023 and uh, when it does that it will be the single largest site as I mentioned anywhere in the world with a total capacity of uh, 200 million imperial gallons per day or uh, in, in metric that's over 900,000 cubic meters of water being produced per day from the facility. So exactly, this is part of the main idea of reducing our carbon print and uh, reaching to the net zero. Uh, we need to uh, produce more power with uh, less dependent, dependent, you can say, on gas, uh, going to the renewable energies and the clean energies. And in, a, in order to do that also, we need to decouple now the power and water. So we are depending more on the RO plants, as Mark mentioned. Uh, these plants, though they are huge, but they will they are enabling us to move forward onto the main objective and main target, which we are in a week progressing very well, uh, for sure. On this, at the same time, uh, from the dispatch and the day-to-day -day operation, also we we are also moving forward with our learning curve, uh, 
trying to boost the knowledge of our uh, operation planning, our control rooms, uh, engineers, uh, how to deal with the new uh, generation mix. And how, how that works is in, in, uh, in practice is as we decarbonize the input electricity, because we're building these plants where they require electricity to, to separate the salt from the water, it means that the water production automatically just gets decarbonized uh, further down the line. So it's, it's like a step that's uh, intrinsically got the uh, carbon reduction built in, right? Because as we put more nuclear on the system or solar PV on the system, the production of water latterly then just becomes lower carbon because the input electricity is is lower carbon at the front end. So so it's, uh, yeah, we're future-proofing the network for future carbon reductions in, in making these changes on the, the water side as well as on the power side. So it's uh, it's quite neat. It, it achieves two objectives in, uh, in, in one go. And you guys have highlighted that this is a comprehensive plan that IWIC is going to deploy more of our technology. Could you guys tell us more about what EWIC is looking forward in the future in regard of water desalination? So, yeah, so we have a, a pipeline of reverse osmosis projects. Tawila, we've already mentioned, uh, and we're also looking at uh, projects on Abu Dhabi Island itself. We are also trying to diversify and distribute our assets and, and not to put them in one place. And this is adding to the sustainability and uh, redundancy, you can say, in the network. As we mentioned, the, the, our, our team are learning on, daily, on, on daily basis how to deal with the, with the new norms, we call it. So it will be like a different network within a couple of years coming. Uh, but uh, this change is really for uh, the the benefit of the network to reach that net zero, which we really believe everyone here in the sector believes in the net zero and how this will impact humanity and uh, and uh, the, the, and our mother earth. And those RO projects are the new ones are uh, very different in terms of visual impact than a large gas-fired power stations. So we're able actually to put them quite close to uh, uh, demand sources. And that, that's really neat because this is low carbon, uh, lower energy production of water anyway. But if we're able to put the facility really close to Abu Dhabi as an example, it means that we reduce on the pumping costs to get the water from where it's produced to where it's consumed. And that's a significant reduction in, uh, in both energy and carbon footprint as well. So the, the, these plants actually are, are really uh, flexible for, uh, for, for helping the networking, including um, uh, actually separating the, the, the power and water uh, production. Um, it, it's uh, surprisingly quite constraining having the power and water produced from the same facility with the water being a, a byproduct, byproduct of, the, of the power production and uh, reverse osmosis completely separates that and, and, and removes that constraint. And, uh, uh, maybe that's quite a, a difficult one to to visualize, but essentially, uh, if we are producing power, required to produce power at full output in the summer, we could actually end up producing too much water, and then we would have it be difficult to throttle back the water production. And uh, conversely, we have the the opposite challenge in in the winter. So being able to completely decouple, as we call it, but separate the power and the water production actually makes the the network a lot easier for uh, for for ESA's, uh, control rooms system operations exactly. team to manage it, it is making it easier also but it's again as we as we said as the generation mix is, is changing it's also 
let's say we are having different challenges now than than before but challenges again, to overcome now as yeah, before so the, it was so it's it's as, as mark said it's between winter and summer so uh, today we are having the challenge of producing water demand uh, and uh, there is no uh, significant electricity demand but by having the decoupling we are we we will try to solve this uh, this challenge or mitigated we can say in a perfect way yeah speaking of uh, abu dhabi islands mark you have mentioned that there is a new project called abu dhabi islands ro near uh, the the demand of abu dhabi i understand that iwic has invited developers to submit their expression of interest for developing that project. So uh, they're actually going to be located one on uh, Sadiat Island and one on Hadiriat Island. And uh, they will be uh, at a capacity of about uh, 100 million imperial gallons per day. Um, so that's enough to meet the water demand for about 180,000 households in the uh, the uh, Emirate of Abu Dhabi. It's uh, about an eighth of the total water requirement that is uh, required for the uh, the whole of uh, uh, the Abu Dhabi and some of the Northern Emirates regions that we that we serve. Um, so significant significant production. And uh, as as Issa mentioned, it's it's very uh, helpful having the water production dispersed across multiple sites. If there's ever any issues at a particular site, then uh, you know, historically we were probably relying on um, uh, about four sites to produce all of the water. So if you know if you, if you had an issue at one of those facilities, you could take out a quarter of your production now with it more dispersed across multiple sites uh, that that increases the resiliency of the overall system and as we mentioned before it has the other benefits of being closer to the demand and reducing the the transportation costs for the water mark thank you for the, the for the new planning you made our our life easier now with this distributed assets <laughs> thank you that, i mean that goes back to the uh, my earlier comment the main uh, uh, customers of uh, of, of the asset uh, management team are, are the system operator to make sure they have enough flexibility to operate the system and and also working with the uh, independent water and power producers to uh, enhance and optimize and sometimes upgrade their plants to to meet the new flexibility requirements and and the reason we need this flexibility is because the the makeup of power generation in Abu Dhabi is changing very very rapidly as we said before just three years ago, uh, 98% uh, gas generation. We've had periods over this last winter where for, for a, a few hours period, we were, we were over 60% of our uh, generation was from low carbon sources. Uh, I know that was, uh, well, how, how did your control room find that to, to manage? Well, I, I have to say, yes, it was a very good achievement that the, the control room in late 2022 in December, they could cross the 60% of clean and renewable energy serving the demand of the UAE. Um, so we were, we crossed around 62% for a couple of hours. And the good news is that beginning the quarter one of 2023, also we crossed more than 80% for some hours also, depending on clean energy, energy and renewable energies. This is, um, uh, for us, it's a very big milestone, actually, 
And this is, uh, this is not just a one-off. I mean, this was a few hours where uh, we happened to hit a particularly high percentage. And part of the reason for that is because we were in winter. And so the percentage makeup from nuclear and solar was, was that much higher. higher. Yeah, exactly. but, that, but in, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a one-off. It's, it's uh, what we're expecting looking forward. And actually the total volume of energy produced is going to be from low carbon sources this year is going to be you know, significantly larger than we've seen in, in, in previous years. We'll have to come back to that with some figures by uh, maybe uh, to, to the, this uh, group of listeners again, but certainly it'll be something that uh, the DWEC will, will publish because it's, uh, yeah, that 60% in one two-hour period is, you know, is going to look like about uh, already for January, it's maybe above 30% total, exactly. total uh, uh, power input is, is low carbon. So a significant step change and it's, it's not slowing up, it's speeding up, in fact. Yeah, when you say 80% of demand, the power demand by uh, renewables. So it's it's 80% was low carbon. Low carbon uh, okay. And of that, a big percentage was coming from the nuclear facility, which has uh, recently uh, uh, announced the third unit coming online out of four. And then there's a, a, a significant percentage as well coming from uh, from solar PV. So the, the, the achievement actually hap happened on the, the February the 10th, on Friday, actually, and around 2.30 uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Peak so, time where yeah exactly it was the peak time with the with a total demand of seven point seven gigawatt on the network, uh, where we already we were around six point one on clean and renewable energy, and we already we've been able to manage it without any impact on either within the our network, uh, Emirates network or the GCC. So it was really very fine, very smooth. And we are looking forward to hit more records in the future, but again with with a sustainable network status. But again, this will uh, this changes as you look across the the year because uh, in the, in the winter we can switch off more gas plants and we can rely on the nuclear and the solar more to hit a big a higher percentage. But in the peak of summer, we need all of that installed capacity from the existing plants as we transition towards uh, a system that's uh, got a larger proportion of uh, of clean energy on the on, on the network. So this time next year, you might hear us coming back with a with a new uh, a new record in the in that space. And as you said, the target is really to to hear those breaks to be hit in the summer. After having all those PVs plants and uh, and changing the whole network, really changing the whole network, yeah. and, th and this is fundamental for for the whole of the country. It's not just uh, an EWEC target. This is uh, decarbonizing a lot of other industry because so many industries obviously use electricity. Everyone uses electricity at home. Even more, you know, more in the future, people use uh, will be using electricity for transportation as well with uh, with EVs coming on uh, online. And, and that change is happening pretty pretty rapidly. So the fact that the input electricity that we're producing is uh, is reaching such low levels of carbon intensity and such high levels of renewable penetration is uh, is really helping to decarbonize the the whole country, but, you know, at source. So it's uh, very uh, exciting to be part of that uh, that significant change that's got a, a real broader benefit, not just to the uh, environment but also to society at large. Uh, what are we looking forward in 2023 in terms of projects, capacities, uh, renewable energies? Yeah, so uh, from, a, from an EWEC 
Tech uh, point of view, we are uh, constantly looking forward at what we require to meet the, our targets, primarily to ensure there's enough capacity there to supply sufficient uh, electricity and water to, to, to Abu Dhabi. Uh, and, and to cope with the uh, underlying growth that there is in the in the economy and in the country. Uh, so, so what have we got in the pipeline where we've got more projects that deliver more capacity, so more of the same, more solar PV, there's a future nuclear unit to come online, we have uh, 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 more of the uh, reverse osmosis projects and also battery projects to help with uh, frequency control on the, on the network. So, uh, so that's, that's a big part of it, but also we do need more gas capacity as well to help us to keep the system stable. And even though uh, the load factors of those new gas plants will be significantly lower and falling over time, it's still required to balance the system and allow us to transition to uh, a lower carbon grid overall while maintaining the reliability that everyone needs and is expected of us in terms of uh, getting power when we're you know, 24-7 all of the time with no interruptions. Um, so that's that's quite a quite a delicate balance, and you need all of these uh, uh, different technologies to help us to uh, to keep the system stable. I think it's a challenge task for the system operator to to balance between the you know the demand, the generation, uh, and to balance between the contribution toward the sustainability. Uh, Ethan, what do you think? How, how would the system operator deal with this? Now the thing is that the target been set. Uh, the net zero is uh, is a vision which been transferred to like uh, a strategy now uh, with a good roadmap and concrete milestones. We are uh, moving forward, as Mark said, with these new projects and uh, on the same pace, you can say, uh, the load dispatch center and the teams there, they are also increasing their knowledge, their skills, competencies towards dealing with the new norms by enabling uh, depending on higher technologies when we are talking about having uh, applications, uh, doing a better load forecast, especially for the short terms. Uh, now, we are, uh, as we are having renewables, which is mainly PV in, in our region, depending on the sun, so uh, cloud coverage will be like uh, uh, a critical point to try to, let's say, deploy the right technologies to have a more flexible response towards these, you can say, changes on, on cloud coverage or on our PV plants. Battery add options, maybe? Uh, the, the battery is to make the balancing also and provide yeah. the frequency control, uh, as mentioned by Mark. But again, if you notice, we are also building uh, huge PV plants, so big areas, and uh, we are trying our best from... Uh, the let's say the short term team and the long term team in the planning to to talk to each other and to put the, the the right you can say recommendation for the future projects whereas depends on the location connectivity to the network and again uh, you know deploying the right flexibilities from the fleet itself from the gas turbine fleets or cogeneration fleets uh, how to cope with these changes. I think, I think changes. It's, uh, it's a good thing to get over to the listeners, the, the difference between what we need out of storage in the short term and what we need out of storage in the longer term. 
So if you think about it, we, we talked about flexibility um, and what that is requiring is for us to basically cope with the transition that happens every day to get from the daytime to the night smoothly. So in the daytime, we might have in the next few years, in fact, we plan to have uh, up to uh, 10 gigawatts of more of solar by the end of the decade. So that means that every evening there's a 10 gigawatt ramp up that's required from other sources of energy to get us through the night because the demand in the UAE is pretty flat because of the temperature profile. It's pretty flat through the day and the night. So, so we need that help on the flexibility side, which we can deliver somewhat from our gas plant and somewhat from batteries. But in the longer term, we want to reduce the, our reliance on gas for the overnight times, the times when we can't provide the energy from solar. And, and that requires a, a, a step change in maybe different technologies. So, so the batteries that are in EVs and that we use for frequency control, which helps keep the system stable and allows us to transition from day to night and cope with these very rapid ramp up in demand as the sun drops down. That's, that's a different service from one that's providing a huge volume of energy that's needed to get us through the, through the night. And, uh, and that's uh, something that we look at when we do our forward plans. And actually, we've um, uh, just completed our statement of future capacity recently, and that looks at the requirements between 2023 and 2029. And that's a, a public document that will be uh, people will be able to look at and, and understand how the future energy mix is changing and how quickly we're actually transitioning to this lower carbon energy mix. So uh, in, in total, we're going to have over seven gigawatts of solar power capacity uh, on, on the network by uh, 2029. And so uh, so clearly EWEC is recommending uh, an increase in, uh, in, in in solar power generation capacity. This is helping us to meet the commitment to um, uh, drive forward the UAE's uh, energy transition, and uh, that's, that's uh, some of the uh, uh, the recommendations coming out of the the report. The other ones uh, relate to more of the reverse osmosis technology that we've talked about, and also we touched on on, on batteries today and. Uh, uh, EWEC is uh, is recommending developing uh, 300 megawatts of uh, one hour reserve batteries for the system, and uh, and also an additional uh, one and a half gigawatts of thermal capacity by uh, by 2026, which is uh, gas capacity to help keep the system stable. And we uh, we've already covered how important that is. So uh, that really demonstrates the pace at which uh, EWEC is is moving. By having also the, these projects, and as Mark said, with this reduction of carbon, uh, we will be uh, we are aiming now to have to run the system within a sixty percent uh, on renewable and clean energy by twenty thirty five. Yeah, from what we discussed, I think IWIC is contributing to the achievement of the UAE net zero uh, strategy, especially with the COP twenty eight happening uh, in the UAE. I think we are, let's say ready to make some changes in the process. Uh, Isa, if you want to highlight a, a few few points from a uh, system operator on how EWIC is contributing toward the COP28 and the UAE Net Zero. So actually, it started from the vision with the leadership of the country put for us. We forward that to, um, I can say, to um, a plan. And we are moving forward with the plan. For sure, the plan, as I said, it's not only the capacity, it's also with the with the people, with the systems you can say used, the most advanced applications on to be used by 
planners, by control room engineers, operation planning. Everyone, everyone you can say is contributing into this, uh, uh, transferring that vision into a plan, which we are moving forward. And we are uh, very proud that uh, our country, the UAE, will be hosting the COP28. And we can tell our story, our successful story to the world. I'm proud too to be part of EWIC, you know, that we are leading toward the sustainability here in the sector of water and electricity. Well, 2022 was a significant year with so much achieved, but 2023 will be even more important for us in EWIC. I cannot wait to tell you more about it in details during our next episodes. Isa and Mark, thank you for joining us today. Give us your time and providing some interesting insight into the incredible year that IWIC has had and some of the things that we have got to look forward in 2023. Thank you again for joining us and to all of our listeners. You are listening to The Current, brought to you by IWIC. Remember to subscribe to the podcast through your preferred platform to keep up with our news and insights. Our next podcast will be released in Q2 2023. This is Abdurrahman Umar Bafaraj, and it has been a pleasure. Thank you for taking part in our journey. Assalamu alaikum.